A question for you. If you're Christian, are you a radical in your faith? Even if you don't believe, are you a, a radical atheist? If you're a radical, does that mean you're an extremist? And if you're a Muslim... You already know all about this rhetorical minefield. Devout can mean radical. Radical can mean extremist. And then comes militant. And then that may mean violent. And that leaves nothing but terrorist. Pushing in the opposite direction, we've got the terminology of de-radicalization. Programs which try to foster moderate Islam. It doesn't seem like it now, but a generation or two ago, the very idea of being a religious radical wasn't necessarily a bad thing. David Rutledge is going to be a big part of God Forbid in the year ahead, and he today looks at radicalism. If you know your Latin, then you know that the word radical comes from the Latin radix, meaning root. And so if you consider that religion is something that goes to the root, to the core of who you are and how you see yourself in the world, then faith has to be radical, right? In, in a certain sense of the word anyway. But there are plenty of historical examples of what can happen when religion becomes too radical. So, should people of faith be radical or moderate? I'm hitting the streets to find out. If you have radical views that are extreme in the sense that they diverge greatly from the rest of society, then maybe that has the potential to be quite detrimental to a lot of things. I think it should be moderate. Moderate in what sense? I guess moderate in accepting or, or being uh, willing to coexist with other religions. Yeah, I tend to agree. And also moderate in the sense that it can coexist with people who aren't religious or systems which aren't religious. Like, I'm a Christian, but I don't know if I've ever been perceived as radical. Maybe that's for you to answer. <laughs> Is he radical? I don't know. <laughs> I did throw pig's blood on him earlier. So. You threw pig's blood on him? Yeah. I don't know where we can take it from there. Huh? <laughs> Yeah, That's include that part. Yeah, I, I definitely track. will. A lot of people would say that if you want to go to the heart of radical Christianity in Sydney, then head for Moore College, which is the intellectual engine room of the Sydney Anglican Diocese. I'm here talking with Richard Glover, who's a final year honours student at Moore and are planning to become a minister. Christian faith is often about fairly mundane things. Um, there's a radical sense of commitment to one another because we're committed to Jesus. But that plays out in caring for the sick around you and in teaching your children so they can be functional members of society, which actually just looks like being a good citizen in lots of ways. Jesus made some very radical demands on his followers, didn't he? If we look at the gospel accounts, he says, take up your cross. I mean, that's a really interesting um, admonition. What do you think that involves? And do you think that there's something going on there in the call to be a Christian, which is actually a lot more radical than most people are going to be up for? To be told to take up your cross meant to be willing to die. Uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer used to say to Christians, when, when Christ calls a man, he calls him, come and die. And so there's this sense that Christian life is supposed to be pervaded by an idea of death to everything else that you might hold dear uh, when that comes into conflict with your commitment to Jesus. And there are all kinds of ways in which you see Christians not doing that very well, all kinds of ways in which you see Christians making what seem to be very unwise political allegiances, uh, Christians uh, talking more about money and income and donations uh, for their churches uh, than about actually what they might spend the wealth they have on. Uh, I think that's an ongoing challenge to Christian faith and belief. You mentioned political allegiances, and that's an interesting one. Do you think it's possible to be an effective politician and a radical Christian? That's a very good question. I think it's possible. 
But we had a well-known former politician who's a Christian here at Moore College, and he said, I would say to you, if you're a Christian now, don't go into politics. Uh, his view was that in the last 10 years or so, the tone of our political discourse has changed so radically for the worse that it would be almost impossible to be a Christian in politics and not compromise those radical commitments that you have. For Muslims in Australia, the whole question of radical versus moderate religion is highly charged. If someone calls himself a radical Christian, then nobody pays too much attention. But if it's a young Middle Eastern man with a beard calling himself a radical Muslim, then everyone gets very upset. Here's journalist and commentator Sarah Malik. I guess for me, how I interpret it in terms of what is radical about Islam or how I understand it is I've always resonated strongly with the idea of it as a kind of liberation theology, the kind of idea of Islam when it started off as this band of outsiders, you know, people who were questioning the status quo, people who were questioning um, the dominant discourse and, and power and, and the way that it really found a home for the, the poor and the marginalised and women. And, and that, for me, is something that I connect with in terms of the political mandate of what faith is, the idea of uh, standing up for social justice. But it must be hard then to practice a radical form of Islam in the sense that you've just described, because in Australia you're required to be a moderate Muslim or at least strongly encouraged. How does that sit with you, that language of, of, of moderation? That term moderate is is so hated by by Muslims so much so because it's become synonymous with this idea of almost Uncle Tomism. Well, it's not hated um, by all Muslims, though, is it? I mean, the Australian Federation of Islamic Councils proudly espouse a, a moderate form of Islam. I know, and I think that, that part of that is this desire to, for acceptability. And I think also, like, the word moderate is so much used as, like, the you are the safe Muslim, you know? You are, like, the non-problematic one. And I think the that vanilla, that... The vanilla the, variety. And I think that that's very galling for people, you know, the fact that they're always forced to justify, defend, prove, ameliorate, de-escalate themselves, you know, and I think that can be really exhausting for people, you know, like always having to pacify or to alleviate the anxiety of the other person when you are actually experiencing anxiety, you know, because you are in a climate where, to be fair, Muslims are really um, at the brunt of a lot of, of prejudice and exclusion and um, uh, racialization. So, I mean, if anyone should be alleviated or pacified, or if anyone should be like given reassurance, it should be the other way around. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I feel like it, it just, I think it adds to the mental stress, you know, of, of being part of a minority community. David Rutledge. And we're with Irfan Youssef, Michael Jensen as well. Irfan, your book is Once Were Radicals, so you're not radical anymore. Does that mean you happily take the title of moderate Muslim? No, I think I am still radical, but in a different way. So so do you go around generally saying to strangers you're a radical Muslim or do you curtail yourself? Well, sometimes it's a bit of a joke uh, I do. I bet you they're laughing their heads off. Uh, well, a lot of my friends, yeah, they have very strange senses of humour. No, but to strangers, this is the point. No, no, not to strangers, no, no. If a stranger says to me, well, are you a radical Muslim or are you a moderate Muslim? And I'd say, well, how do you define? They're talking about violence. They're not talking about... Well, I don't... Well, you see, most people don't actually ask that question because they actually understand that it's a pretty offensive thing to ask, you know. If you, if you say, oh, you're a moderate... 
moderate in terms of what? Uh, and and w- what are the other options, you know? It just seems such an offensive and patronising thing to Do ask. You, uh, Michael Jensen, are you uh, not attracted to the idea of being moderately effective, moderately oh, successful the, in the, your the, gospel <laughs> dissemination? The moderate stands for me too, for mediocrity, uh, you know, collusion with the... The zeitgeist, it's, you know, the the German Christians who colluded with Hitler were moderate Christians. Uh, it was Dietrich Bonhoeffer who stood, as uh, Richard in that uh, interview mentioned, it was it was Dietrich Bonhoeffer who was radical and stood against him. So, But it, that would go to the confusion of these things because if they were Nazi Christians, they were extremists. So, like, it's the whole... Well, they weren't. They were actually just middle-class people who wanted to get along and really being the re- religious was a bit of swooshing on their middle-class values and you, it meant that they were gullible and e- easily swayed by Hitler, etc. Uh, it was interesting, the concerns of the people who wanted religious people to be moderate were about coexistence and about they're about citizenship and acceptance. And I think that's important. I think for a Christian to be radical means that they are a good citizen. You really do want your Christians to be radical because if they are radical, they will be nation builders, they will serve the community, they will uh, do all the heavy lifting when it comes to looking after the poor, they'll be concerned for the outcast, um, they'll do all of that sort of stuff that when Christians are doing well, they're, they're actually famous for. So, Should we have our Muslims radical too? Well, I, I can't speak for Islam and for Muslim no, people. As an Australian, do you feel... Well, of course, when I hear this debate, I, of course, want the tame Muslim. I want the Muslim, you know, I want the Muslim who's not really Muslim, who's really just a bit like me and uh, just has a bit of Muslim swooshing. And, and I think there's something uh, you've heard from the, the Muslim commentators here on this is something really patronising about that. I would like to see radical Muslims in the truest sense, I guess, uh, authentically Muslim. I, I would like to see that they feel free to be authentically Muslim. Do you feel that freedom, Ifan? I do. I uh, must say that. Uh, How uh, typical is that? I've never. I mean, look, I've never been visited by ASIO uh, or anything like that. Uh, some of my friends have, and maybe today, if I say that I, I am radical Muslim, maybe I will get a visit from ASIO. Um, and this is what I mean. There's a hell of a lot of people out there who have the word Muslim stuck on their forehead, but they're not really, you know, interested in their faith. It's one of the any number of things that are stuck on their forehead along with their ethnicity, their language that they speak at home. And, and of course, in most cases, the language that they speak at home is English. Just uh, one of the colours on the mosaic. But for those who do want to profess their faith in the current environment, is it that easy? Uh, it depends on how they manifest it. If, if you're a female and you happen to wear a headscarf, then the chances of you getting a job are more difficult. That's just the way it is. Which is interesting, given that's really not a question of radicalism or moderation. No, because you'd think that if a person wants to go and work in a mainstream profession, they're not exactly radical. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if, if you were, for example, if you were to, if you're a Muslim woman and you want to go and work as a chartered accountant, I can't see how you could be radical. Well, see my bass, Ifan Yusuf, Michael Jensen. Hey, the best part of the show, God forbid, is up next. Which end? 